Welcome to the Back to Square Kwan podcast with your host Chong and Kedrick. This is a podcast where we will have conversations about training, nutrition, and philosophy, taking you back to square one. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy. Hey guys, so welcome to the Back to Square One podcast and today Kedrick and myself will be talking to Chris Tan. Now for those who don't know who this guy is, um, he has previously held multiple powerlifting records in New Zealand um, but has since moved on to more <laughs> real <laughs> sports, <laughs> bodybuilding. <laughs> and I must say Kedrick, for someone who is on a plant-based diet like Chris, um, he is really making me personally consider making the switch over because, you know, um, look at how <laughs> his biceps just fills up that, that shit. I don't know about you, Kedrick, but uh, I don't really have that kind of capacity. Yeah, I, I definitely needed a, a fake background. So, uh, like, it covers up, like, my my, my body. So, uh, that it makes me look a little bit bigger because when... I mean, if you look at the videos, for those of you who are listening on audio, man, look at the videos just for the biceps, you know, just for the biceps, look at it, you know, so yeah. yeah. That's cool, hey, man. thanks well, for having uh, me. Chris, welcome to the show. That's cool, man. So, being plant-based, tell us a little bit more. So, I know from a, I know for a fact, and, and we've obviously met through uni and stuff like that, you previously yeah. weren't a plant-based eater. And I guess I kind of want to bring it back to the start. Like, what were some of the, I guess, I philosophies or what has happened to you over that time where you actually decided to make that switch? Was it for health? Was it for um, yeah. personal um, reasons? Yeah. Yep. And sorry, just before you, you start as well, I think for the listeners out there, you might also want to clarify maybe what's the difference between being a vegetarian, a a vegan and what do you personally uh subscribe to so i know that some people oftentimes they like conflate between vegetarian and veganism and they think they are the same thing but yeah maybe you can clarify that when you explain uh how you got into uh being a plant-based yeah yeah plant -based um, for sure so um pretty much to start off with if we go down like the just the nutritional uh i guess definitions of things um vegetarian uh would be just um someone who seeks to remove meat from their diet um so from what i understand again i've never been like i never went to the in-between stage of being vegetarian um but from what i understand they still well lacto over vegetarian is pretty much someone who will still have um milk and uh, milk from a cow and also eggs um but then Pretty much everything else they're going to seek to remove the meat and all of that kind of stuff um myself so for, for me like uh in in being vegan i i didn't really see it as a um as solely a dietary choice um if we go down um it's a it's a long 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 story for me but pretty much in 2017 um it was like growing up i've always had kind of these issues with my mental health mental illness all that kind of stuff um and i think that um growing up is not just well in in today's society but i think that a lot was kind of the pressures of being in an asian family these things were kind of things that we we don't really talk about 
Um, and so I, I always knew there was something, something not quite right as far as the mental health side of things goes for me. Um, but it wasn't until 2017 that I kind of experienced something so bad that I was like, cool, like I should probably start to seek some help for this. Um, ended up going to therapy, also started through the um, uh, pharmacotherapy side of things. Um, so a psychiatrist started on medication, all that kind of stuff. Pretty much got diagnosed with bipolar type 2 disorder. Um at the time as well, and again, like a trigger warning for anyone listening, um, mental health, all that kind of stuff, um, I, I was starting to get a, a little bit suicidal. And that was kind of what really pushed me um, to seek some help. I was like, cool, like, obviously, whatever I'm doing and keeping this to myself isn't working. Um, I should kind of look out there and do something else. Um Around that time as well, I, I kind of um, subconscious, uh, I, would say, I would say it was mostly subconscious exposure to kind of the growing movement of um, what veganism was. Um, but I guess right time, right, right place, um, having a conversation with a friend of mine at university, I actually had no idea that veganism was actually a ethical movement that seeked to pretty much reduce the harm um, and the commodity status of animals. Um, and as a byproduct of that, obviously your diet's going to change in order to stop consuming them. But first and foremost, the reason behind it was, hey, like we're literally, literally creating these souls, these animals for the sole purpose of slaughtering, slaughtering them to eat them. Um, and for me, it was like, well, you know, like if I'm at a point where I don't even value my own life, um, I, sh I shouldn't really be trying to like mess with theirs. Um, and that was kind of the, the overnight change that um, occurred to me that was just like, cool, like it's, you know, like, and again, I'm not perfect. Like there, there are still things that I think that create harm and all that kind of stuff in the overall scheme of things but it's more of a point of hey if i can go about the rest of my life limiting or reducing the harm that i'm causing to other living beings that you know potentially want to stay on this planet more than i do um then why not yeah mm, mm. yeah very interesting so it it's it's good that you mentioned a little bit about the mental health thing and also coming from, you know, Asian family because you, you spoke about uh, two things. You did two things that most Asian families don't do. One is acknowledge <laughs> a mental health problem yeah. and second, go vegan, yeah. right? Like, man, I, all three of us, we are like from Malaysia, you know, and the, uh, it's quite hard to be a vegan there <laughs> just because, you know, food, food is tasty. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people would agree uh, that Malaysia probably has one of the best like street foods in the world and <laughs> yes Singapore Malaysia has the best street food yeah uh, <laughs> already sh shots fired already to all Singaporeans listeners out there but <laughs> we lost them <laughs> but yeah so it, it, it is very interesting to to know that for you you kind of like started this thing with like this self-reflection right like self-reflection into your own life and then it sort of like shine a light onto the life of other like sentient creatures uh in living on this planet so yeah definitely something really commendable and i also 
think that maybe you can share with us a little bit on your like resistance training status when you started uh, veganism and perhaps how do you have any like doubts like would I be shortchanging my gains in the gym if I switch from uh, like an animal-based, meat-based diet to a completely plant-based diet. So perhaps you can share something uh, on that. Yeah, and no, actually before, Chris, you go, I actually am, one of the questions I wrote down on my paper here was actually quite interesting because um, at least from a food science perspective, people, people do say that um, it, in many cases, a meat-based or at least a diet that consists some form of animal meat tends to have a higher protein content, more so like leucine. And a lot of research has shown like leucine is this thing where it helps to stimulate uh, muscle growth. And I think one of the big worries a lot of a lot of people of like, oh, if I don't eat enough meat meat, you know, I'm going to lose my gains. So yeah, curious to kind of see, you know, <laughs> as you guys can see, like Chris is not losing his gains of anything. He's, uh, he's making a lot of gains. <laughs> so how, yeah, like how, like Kedrick said, how did that, um, affect you from like, yeah, a training so perspective, it, sort of, like switching that over? Yeah. I, I think like once we, once we look into kind of like the, the fundamentals of things, um, we understand that, or well, I guess we can, we can kind of, um, draw a few a few different kind of ideas from it but i i completely agree like there's the like when we talk about protein quality um especially in its um how it relates to resistance training uh muscle growth all that kind of thing uh, mu uh triggering muscle protein synthesis um yeah without a doubt vegetarian and vegan protein sources are less um optimal um than, than animal based and like i'll like being completely honest with you with the you know with the evidence out there like i'm not you know i'm not biased anyway like that's fact um you know or as close to fact as we we have like um with the current research and so a few things um we can kind of do to get around that well um you know if, if for example whey protein has 11 percent leucine per gram of protein um in order to trigger that muscle protein synthesis um you know getting in that two to three gram leucine tre uh, threshold um you know you, you need 25 30 gram bolus of protein it's not a whole lot um now for yeah, vegetarian or yeah. vegan, um, now we're looking at, for example, pea protein, um, soy protein, wheat gluten, for example. Now we're looking at leucine being more in the seven to eight percent um, kind of uh, grams per uh, per gram of protein. Um, and so, in order to get the equivalent bolus um, uh, to to spike kind of that muscle protein synthesis, now we're looking at kind of needing maybe 36 to 40 grams um of plant-based protein um and so yeah like that that's kind of like the in, in my experience and in, in what i do in practice as well um that's kind of my my um workaround for ensuring that that happens um and so having larger um intakes of protein throughout the day um so 
The other thing is, you know, like, um, of course, we all know Eric Helms, um, the study he's, he's done towards um, protein, all that kind of stuff. Um, and actually, I had a really good chat with him about this mm. kind of stuff as well. And I did, I did ask the question, like, is a simple solution for, um, you know, meeting these requirements for a vegetarian or for a vegan, um, simply to err on the higher side of the recommended protein intakes. And, you know, like we, we kind of both agreed that, yeah, like, why not? Um, and so, yeah, like if you were to look at my macronutri- macronutrient breakdown, like gram for gram compared to kind of someone who had animal products, um, I, I would probably, you know, you would say that I'd be on the higher side or even outside the top end of that range sometimes. Um, and yeah, without a doubt, that's kind of just what I need to do. Mm. That's that's very interesting because I do have a lot of friends who are vegetarian, vegan, and, and plant-based. And one thing that I always kind of make sure that they are getting enough from and we when we talk about nutrition and health is always like look guys like in the end of the day the <laughs> facts are facts like you said chris we definitely do need a lot more protein um but and you know like i am someone who struggles to eat like you know yeah. my, my my stomach space is not huge and you mentioned about trying to get in about you know 40 50 grams of protein per serve um, not to mention being on a more plant-based diet is generally also seen in, in many cases. But that's why it's so popular for weight loss in general is that the f- it's there's yeah. a lot of bulk in the food. <laughs> um, I don't know if Kedrick has, has ever experienced a few days or weeks going on plant-based diets, but um, it's hard to get it in. Yeah. <laughs> you just feel so full. Um, so how... Were you? Do you? Did you feel like you were eating the same amount of food before transitioning over to a plant-based diet, or like, do you really feel like okay, like I actually have to really try to get it down because I'm going <laughs> yeah. to lose my gains um, if I don't? Yeah, I, I think <laughs> the lucky thing for me is that like I've always like I've tracked my food for a really long time. I think um, I, I started using my fitness pal back in like 2012. Um, just when like Matt Ogus, Chris Lovato, like the Gymshark crew. Um, and that was actually where I first heard of Eric Helms as well, just because he was on um on um a lot of Matt Ogus's YouTube videos and all that. Um, but luckily I kind of got into the flexible dieting side of things um quite early on. And so when I transitioned over to that plant-based diet, it was like cool, like I know the numbers that I'm aiming for. Let's just find the foods that will kind of fit there. And of course, like I had, um, again, because I did this for um, ethical reasons, it was kind of not really premeditated. It was very like, cool, like one day I was this, one day I'm not. Um, And so it was cool, like, cool, I've done no research as to what foods I can eat. So what did I go for? I went for beans, lentils, all these things that like uh, people like it's what you see out there and what you hear about it's like oh you just must eat a lot of beans and lentils it's like okay cool like let's give this a go um and man like my my protein's a lot higher now than it was back then but even trying to hit you know like 150 grams of protein from beans and lentils your fiber's up at like 90 grams 
um and you're just like nah like uh, i would hit like 1300 calories and be like man like i don't i don't think i can get much else in um but i would <laughs> and so um you know like uh thank you know thankfully protein shakes exist because you can just kind of um you know drink them down um and yeah like definitely at that transition and kind of stage it, it, it was difficult um i think solely just because i i didn't really know what options there were um but like 2017 not that long ago um in between then and now the the kind of options that are like just readily available at supermarkets and stuff like that is like it's really grown um to the point where like even products that were always vegan are now being marketed as vegan um you know like even though like breads and stuff like that they've always been you know like a lot of them have always been vegan and stuff like that but now you walk through the aisle and it says vegan friendly on them as if they never were previously um and so I, I guess you know like as long as there's that demand that's growing um companies and stuff are going to change their marketing um, and branding in order to just appeal and make it easier more accessible for people to buy um the product um but yeah like again with yeah with carb sources i will have a lot of like white rice rather than you know like worrying about all these like other kind of things just add up a lot of bulk and just don't really digest that well um and there are some great um just protein alternatives out there as well um that are getting like leaner and leaner i think the the issue i had at the start was that vegan protein sources traditionally just weren't that lean um and when i say lean what i mean is that like um for example if, if we take like a pretty general uh chicken breast um you know in that 100 gram serving um you know you're you're getting a lot of protein zero carbs and like one gram of fat um and so with tofu for example well now it's you're getting protein it's a source of protein but it's coming alongside a lot of fat and some carbs as well uh, when we look at tempeh similar soy products so it's coming along with protein carbs and fats as well um tvp all these other things but now we, we're getting kind of um these blends of these um kind of like mock meats all of that that are you know your pea protein your wheat gluten all this kind of stuff and as a result the macronutrient profile is actually pretty good so um that's uh, price is uh, another thing with those ones um that can be a bit of a barrier um but overall that's kind of what i would go for um just to make it a bit easier now Yep. Yep. Very interesting. I so Chung mentioned just now, and he asked the question if oh he's not sure if I yeah. actually tried being like vegan for a couple of days or weeks. I've actually tried it before, and to be honest, uh, it wasn't that tough for me because once you start sourcing out ingredients that actually have quite high in protein, uh, you are able to do it. You know. So I'm. I am. I mean, we we had this off the rack record Chris but we just talk about like the purpose of this you know I probably m might not change my stance on my my dietary intake regarding like veganism versus eating uh, meat based or animal based but the 
the whole purpose of the conversation that we're having here is to, you know, challenge uh, people. For example, like perhaps someone is on the edge of actually uh, trying to adopt a plant-based diet, but they're like, oh my gosh, like, will I lose my gain? So if they listen to this podcast and they look at your biceps, they'll be like, no, right, I, I can actually try it. And I can be uh, a testament to that because uh, like there's this noodles. I'm not sure uh, if you've yeah, seen it. Yeah, like, I love that song. Edamame pasta or man, like they are mad amount of protein. So it comes in a packet of 200 grams and sorry, 400 grams. And basically one serving is 50 grams. No, sorry. One serving is 100 grams and it has like 40 grams of protein. So I didn't know once and I made like uh half the packet and I had just from that itself, I had 80 grams of protein. Like, like I look at my, my like, macro calculator i was like what is like my, my math is wrong did i key in wrongly and then i look at the label i'm like <laughs> this is really true and then but if you look at it right essentially it's this really concentrated like bean sauce that have has high amounts of protein and instead of using the your typical like wheat or like flour or like rice they use that which is why the protein in content is so high so and things like uh, veggie mints the veggie delight means that mints you can get those like like they're made from nuts so nut mints they are pretty high in protein as well you know and they don't taste all that bad especially if uh you put like sauce uh if you make a pasta and to be honest sometimes i feel like that honestly tastes a bit cleaner than buying the cheapest uh mints from like your grocery because they're just so like high in fat you can literally see a layer of fat floating there and it's not like appealing, especially when it's cold. So for all the listeners like out there, you know, I honestly don't uh, think it is th- as difficult as you think to actually uh, adopt like a plant-based diet. And I and the caveat here is that I say this only doing it for a couple of days. I've not done it for like weeks, right? I would say that my dietary pattern is highly influenced by the flavors I get. And I would admit that certain animal uh like animal substitute they don't taste as well as the meat-based stuff right and that is also probably because i'm not just i'm not used to the taste you know so i really like your uh your approach and what what you've, you you shared but something that i've always had in mind would be going back to the question of uh eating a diverse source of protein so we know like soy protein uh we have a spectrum of amino acids, right? And soy protein might be high in certain amino acids and low in some, right? Which is why you mentioned like combination, like combination protein, like pea, rice, soy combined. They give you like a full spectrum of all that, of all the amino acids, which is then comparable to like a animal-based protein. So let's just say if you're not getting your protein source from a protein powder which i assume you would get your protein powder that you consume is also a blend when you eat your regular meals that are not from that doesn't contain protein powder how do you mix them up to ensure that you are at least getting the full spectrum of of amino yeah, acids so and, and honestly like I, i'm not going to claim to be an expert at this at all um there's like for example, with um, the pastas that you were talking about, you know, there are the black bean pastas, edamame, spaghetti, all that kind of stuff. And so the edamame is from a soy product. So you, you probably assume that the amino acid profile you're getting from that is very akin to a soy product. 
um, if you use that as kind of like your your base for your meal, um, have some, I don't know, just any kind of vegetables in there as well. Um, and then maybe look at, for example, there's a, a product called uh, Sunfed Chicken-Free Chicken, um, which is made out of uh, solely pea protein. Um, you could use that to kind of mix in there as well. And then you've got, you know, your soy, your pea, and then some trace amino acids from other stuff in your meal um that would be one way to do it mm. um yeah exactly like you said before just to just to kind of reiterate um the like protein powder like i would yeah personally i would definitely go for a blend um or if i you know just cheaped out sometime and just only got a pea protein um i try to mix it with soy milk or something like that um mm. Yeah. Um, what else? There are like some some kind of um of the like veggie minces and stuff like that. They are blends themselves now as well, which is cool. Um, and yeah, like to a certain extent, I would recommend that if people um, are trying a plant based diet, to actually go for some of these more like processed. Um, alternative meats because they just have a really diverse range of uh ingredients in there um and they they taste a little better well they taste pretty good as well just because they're trying to imitate um the taste of a sausage or you know like a, a meat sausage or chicken nuggets or something like that um and so they're they're usually very like whole food plant-based dieters will kind of refer to like the mock meats as like foods that are just for people like, you know, transitioning over, but like, I don't know, they taste good, you know, and we've, mm. we've grown like personally, I grew up eating all those kind of foods. And so I'm always going to be someone who wants to go out for a vegan burger sometime or gets the vegan chicken nuggets when I, you know, when I want to eat something like that and just adds a little bit more interest to your meals as well. Um, rather than just kind of keeping it with a a rice vegetables and plain something else in there yeah mm. yeah it's it's interesting you said that and actually um you know kind of as you sort of talk about the mock meats and stuff like that it actually kind of brings back a quote ironically for my mum i don't know why um and she would always say this where you know, if you're going to go on a plant-based diet, just go on a plant-based diet and don't eat mock meats because, like, if you're, you know, and, and she is, I guess, to an extent, a little bit more on the religious side and she has this belief, uh, I don't know if, hey, mom, if you're listening to this, I don't know if this is still true or not, but um, she would say, hey, if you're going on a plant-based diet or, you know, or just not eating meat, then the belief shouldn't be, like, I'm just going to find an alternative to meat that looks yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right it, it, do you get what i mean like yeah yeah like like if i'm gonna eat chicken yeah. i'm gonna eat chicken like i'm not gonna eat fake chicken and that's sort of like uh, something yeah. that actually came into mind and I, I guess the question there is really do you feel like that is something you know coming back to your uh, i guess the, the main reason and why you kind of switched over is that something that sometimes still kind of lingers in the back no, of your mind. If you no, no, sure, no, no, Um, so like <laughs> kind of going back to the reasons that I went vegan in the first place was because personally, like 
I just saw it as like for my own morals. No one else's, just mine. Um, I didn't see it as my right to do anything that's going to, you know, affect the the life of these things. Um, and so, you know, like so so my my like I would kind of rank the morals as being like cool, like me eating a chicken is like you know like eating a dog killing a person all that kind of stuff you know um and so what i always think about is cool like i I, i've played call of duty in the past um you know like i've i've played video games all that kind of stuff (laughs) and i'll like i'll shoot i'll shoot people you know and i'll kill people in the game and it's like cool like when you kill someone in the game you're like oh like you you get a high out of it and then it's like when you go outside you're not going to shoot people you know, like, because now, you know, like, because now morally <laughs> yeah. there's there's something going on there that you're like, cool, like, this is actually killing some stuff. Um, and so for me, that's mock meats, you know, like, I'll, I'll eat them because I get pleasure from it. I enjoy the taste, all this kind of stuff, but there's no, um, there's no killing involved. Um, you know, like, I can I can go out and, and buy that and it doesn't contribute to the demand of um, animal products. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. I, I think that what the, the insight that you provided into your personal morals is like really important. I mean, just to kind of like uh, tie in a little bit on what Chung said. So feel free to uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but your, drive to embrace veganism isn't really uh what doesn't sound like it stems from like religious beliefs because in malaysia people that are vegans are usually like for example like buddhists you know they don't eat meat because you know like you know like really staunch buddhists they don't even staunch buddhists they don't even like kill like a mosquito you know like there's always that that saying or like for example hindus who don't eat beef because like the cow is a sacred animal but from the sound of it yours is just a personal like a moral system that you adopt for yourself and not necessarily tied to any religious like belief yeah. pre-existing yeah, religious yeah. um yeah I, I would agree with that yeah. Mm, yeah yeah so um i think that is also like something for people uh to like kind of understand i guess is when you know like how chris mentioned just now when he started like there, he started this and he just went into it and some days you know you mentioned that at, at the start you might one day you might eat uh, a plant-based and you know i think as you slowly transition uh transition into like more like i, I wouldn't say serious but as you learn more right there is the opportunity for people to transition right it's not like hey if i choose to adopt only I want to be a plant-based eater. I need to be 100% or nothing, right? There's, it's more like you said, it's not like a religious belief where you adopt because most likely if it's a religious belief, I don't think that the religious belief has like, okay, cool. One day I eat a, I eat beef. The next day I don't eat beef, you know, but for you, because you kind of adopt that moral system for yourself, you can kind of like slowly, gradually transition based on what you're yeah, comfortable, definitely. right? Um, I, I think that like what... What people, um, I guess, mix up a lot is, um, like, the actual, uh, I'm pretty sure it's on, like, the 
the vegan, like whatever the world vegan society is. Um, but like their de definition of veganism is, um, it's along the lines of someone who seeks to um, essentially eliminate the consumption and um, exploitation of animals to whatever extent is possible and practical. Um, and so, Again, what's possible and practical for um, different people is very different. But I think, again, like as soon as you kind of have that that moral idea of being like, hey, like I want to reduce this for the sake of, um, you know, um, for the sake of the animals or anything like that for sentient beings um then that's kind of like the starting point you're always gonna either make mistakes or just be in situations where perhaps it's not ideal i know that um kind of along the uh, ideas of religious um um beliefs as well is that a lot of religions minority religions um as part of their uh, traditions and all that, will consume animal products. And for someone who's grown up their whole life, um, you know, like living that way and choosing to be vegan themselves and then going to these, you know, very sacred um, events and being like, oh, you know what? No, I'm not going to take part in this, but, you know, because... I'm vegan. Um, it, it's 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 hard to weigh up, and I think that unless you've been a part of uh, a minority group like that, you never really will understand. Like myself, I don't think I'll ever understand the kind of like um, turmoil that will be going on in that person's head to be like, or like, do I uphold the traditions of? Um, you know, my religion, which is kind of on the verge of, you know, not really existing, or do I, you know, do I just stand up for, for veganism? Um, and I, I would say that depending on which kind of, what kind of upbringing you're, you've been in yourself, you would be either side of that. Um, there'd be people who would definitely be like, nah, go with the veganism. There'd be people who would be like, oh, like, I'm not quite sure. Like, that's a real hard choice. Um, and yeah, so I, I think at the end of the day, it's like that individual's choice to make. And um, yeah, who knows? Like, that's just kind of the way their journey will go. Mm, mm. yeah that's that's very well yeah, put. i i think that now that we are kind of like talking a little bit about like kind of like the struggles i would like to touch upon mm. a little bit on like barriers right or perceived barriers because uh at the end of the day what i said we, i want this podcast i want this episode to paint a very uh clear and fair picture i i'm not trying to create a straw man of veganism and say oh this is why you shouldn't adopt it you know i and for you who has who have personally lived through this experience, you can definitely share with us. The first thing I would like to, to kind of like talk about, maybe we, and bring back to the conversation uh, you mentioned just now was price point. So uh, in 2017, right, you were yeah. already in New Zealand, right? Yeah. So uh, New Zealand is a slightly more developed yeah. uh, country, right? And I only came to New Zealand in 2019. So all my life I was in uh, Malaysia until 2019. Uh, 
excluding the time I studied a year uh, in London. But would you say that if you were in a slightly less developed country where maybe vegan options are not one, not as accessible and because of the rule of like supply and demand, because it's not accessible, it's also more expensive. Uh, would you think that it would be harder for you to make that change or the decision to actually uh, embrace a plant-based diet if you were, let's just say, uh, Chris is in some other like yeah. not not so developed um, developing yeah, country. Yeah, on, honestly, I do. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I think um, there's always going to be kind of two sides to things. There's um, whenever we make a decision, we always want to think about cool. Like there, are, there's some sort of perceived benefit of that decision. Um, you know, something we're going to gain from going through with it, um, and there will always be some sort of expected cost to doing that as well. Um, and I think that, yeah, without a doubt, human beings, in, in, in order to make rational decisions, if the expected costs exceed the perceived benefits of anything we want to go through, um, we're not going to do it. Um, and so, yeah, depending on, you, like, I can't really say, um, well, just because um, uh, for... For reference as well, I was actually born in New Zealand, um, so I've been here uh, my whole life. So I'm actually like kind of like fake Malaysian because Malaysians are nationality. Um, it's just everyone like says, "Oh, your 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 parents are from Malaysia, so you're Malaysian." <laughs> um, but no, I'm actually um, my parents are Malaysian Chinese, and really I'm New Zealand born Chinese then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, 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 yeah Malaysia all the same. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, so so for me, yeah. I I can't really. Same say with much certainty whether or not I would even have made the change at all. Like, again, if the mm. if the costs to, you know, reach that benefit um, were just too high, like exceeded the benefit, then, um, you know, being a, a rational human being, I, I probably would have said it's too hard. Um, and I, I think that's what we face a lot these days as well is that um, a lot of conversations, uh, you know, a lot of people who talk to me about this stuff, they will kind of agree that the the factory farming side of things and where we've really pushed that industry to, it's, it's quite cruel. Um, and so a lot of people kind of already believe um, that um, the treatment of animals as it stands at the moment isn't ideal. Um, but no one will be well, not no one, but like the, you know, in, in a way, like that acceptance already is kind of what would be the first stepping stone to being vegan. But again, if the costs are too high, um, i.e., whatever upbringing you've had, like you really need to change a lot of your life. And, uh, you know, now that I'm already there, kind of thing, like it, and a lot of people kind of already there, like they might want to paint the picture that it's some really easy um, journey to go through and you're like, oh, no, it's simple. All you need to do is cut out this, 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 you're fine. Um, and for a lot of people, it's just not that easy. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, you know, it's 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 always this, yeah. I guess, like this debate that we have in our heads, right? Especially when, 
you know, like we can sit here and sort of like talk about this all day and we can even go so far as to sort of ask someone who's like 50 years old and their business owner and say, hey, like try being vegetarian or vegan. It's my, it might cost you more. And for them, it's like, cool, you know, like where do I sign up? You know, like where do I, you know, where do I pay? What's the best organic sources out there? I think it's always this debate and, um, <laughs> you know social economics is a big thing you know we see that and you know like this can be another discussion for another time but we can always see like people at least in new zealand for example people in south auckland are always more susceptible to a certain form of a nutrition choice you know people out in 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 north shore where me and kedrick are based i believe are more susceptible to nutrition choices and i think what you said chris there like i think you hit the nail there a lot of these decisions, at least when people try to make this, these same decisions for themselves always comes down to like, hey, is it viable? Like, is it, it is my philosophical or moral mm. choice yeah. the logical choice? And I think a lot of people always teether on that edge. Um, and we see that, you know, from someone transitioning over to being plant-based, we see that from someone so like, living their whole life obese and all of a sudden we say like you need to pay like ten thousand dollars to get liposuction and go in this fitness plan you know and i don't have the money it's like yeah i know but it's 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 just the way it is i think um yeah yeah, what you put there is definitely very very true yep and now that like we've kind of talked a little bit of like the financial side i another question more on like the social social barriers so like from my understanding all right i'm uh yep you're yeah. currently engaged, right? So um, maybe you can talk a little bit about, I mean, you don't have to divulge any information that you don't want to, but like when you enter into the relationship, was your partner already a vegan? If your partner is wasn't, right? Did you change her or did she change you? Or And maybe, for example, I maybe you've encountered this question before, like, oh, if I want to embrace veganism, but my partner doesn't, how do I go about it? So you can talk a little bit about, and it doesn't have to be just be, romantic relationship but just social groups you know because in new zealand for example it is most restaurants here they do have vegan options but let's say for someone who is listening for example in malaysia they might not have vegan options and if you go out in a social setting right they you might not be be able to eat so for example you can talk a little bit about like the the relationship part because obviously your 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 fiance is your closest like uh your life partner essentially and then (laughs) Maybe you can move yeah, a little yeah. bit into that. Um, yeah, so so my partner is um, vegetarian. Um, so again, kind of for the for the listeners at home, um, the the difference being like she she still has her dairy products um, and her eggs as well, um, and she's been uh, so her her family are um, Taoist, so um, religiously mm. they're um, you know they're mm. vegetarian. Um, and she she's kind of gone gone through um, I think uh, periods of uh, like when she was growing up kind of thing where she would um, have meet with friends at school and stuff like that but um, for the big most recent kind of chapter of her life she's just been vegetarian herself um, and so for me when it comes to like a partner and again like I, I think that both of you would be able to relate to this and 
Um, perhaps uh, depending on where the conversation goes, this might even be kind of like a something we can revisit as to like why I actually got into bodybuilding as well. Um, but growing up in New Zealand, like anywhere as well, like we we experience racism, um, we experience you know bullying, all that kind of stuff, and so important qualities I look for in a partner, like you know, like a few things would be included, like, um, number one, like, are they racist? If my partner's racist, that's like more of a deal breaker than if they eat meat, yeah. to be honest. Um, you know, like, are they, are they sexist? Do they, do they hate a minority group? All this kind of stuff. Like if like, to me, I'm, I'm a human being first and I'm always going to have my biases. And like, although I choose to, uh, you know, reduce and uh, as close to eliminate my treatment of animals as much as possible. If someone had a baby and a pig and told me like to kill one of them, I'd have to like, honestly, like I'd probably choose the pig. Again, when would that situation happen? Um, but like for, for like the sake of like um, just biases in general, um, whether it's human nature or social conditioning, I'm probably going to choose the baby, um, like it isn't to, to live, not not to kill the baby. Um, I'm probably going to, yeah, like again, if, if um, you know, a friend or a romantic partner um, are hateful towards humans, or you know, like a, a human group, I'm probably going to bias that higher than if you know like by the same kind of thing they're hateful towards um animals although in a perfect world i would i would like for them to be um you know to, for us to see eye to eye on a lot of things and and that being one of them um but i think if you're always looking for um the yeah these kind of like ideal things you you're never going to appreciate the actual qualities someone has um you're always mm. looking for that kind of perfect thing that may not even exist yeah um mm. yeah mm. so so yeah basically i i someone out there need to create a <laughs> i'm pretty sure that that exists dating app right um, yeah. yeah and then the <laughs> the the the, the the tagline can be planting the seed of love. Maybe it like should that, be you know? <laughs> right, vegansingles.com. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And yeah. So before we bring this episode to a close, um, uh, I'm going to just feel some really like quick fire questions. So when I mean quick fire, so you will answer it as short as one okay. word, but maximum one sentence, right? So the first quick fire question for you would be when it comes to protein, is total protein intake, if you have to choose between total protein intake versus the ideal composition of total amino acids, protein. which one would you go for? Okay. Um, second quick fire question would be, let's just say if you were not a vegan, where would you fall into? Uh, what spectrum would you fall into in terms of reducing like animal products? And for example, just say you actually like meat. Ooh, so... so uh, I, I'm not. I'm not sure. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Um. Nah. I, yeah. No. Valid answer. answer yeah. Valid answer. Yeah. And and I think this is the last one. You can go uh, a little bit more. 
I wouldn't say in depth, but just more options. Okay. Uh, favorite vegan supplements. Oh, okay. And um, why? So, like, number one would be a protein blend. Um, again, like, especially with like, like, as resistant people who who take part in resistance training, we we need more protein. Um, and yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and so uh, high enough. quality um, <laughs> protein powder will, will always be kind of my number one. Um, to the point where I uh, like, uh, I'd even just refer to it as food. Um, on top of that, uh, like personally, I would do a B12. Um, no, no specific order as far as importance, mm. but like B12, creatine, um, for for sports for training performance in general i usually go for like um your electrolytes as well so calcium magnesium um i add iodized table salt to quite a lot of my meals um for the iodine um as well as salt uh and then um iron vitamin c whether you need to supplement them is one thing or another. Um, but again, just looking for foods that are higher or fortified in either one of those. Um, caffeine. I think that, that would probably be it. Oh, D3, vitamin D3, probably a vegan omega as well. Um, not the flaxseed stuff, but like actual like algae omega-3. Um, like DHA EPA, not ALA. Yep. Um, yeah, I think that would be it. Mm. Right. And uh, we have one last question that we usually ask all our guests. But yeah. before I go to that question, I cool. th- what this is the last quick fire question. Ah, yeah. Documentary <laughs> game changes. Uh, good, good information <laughs> or not for someone um, to embrace a plant based diet. And remember, yeah, remember right. it's quick fire, so you not. can't give like a, an essay. So, okay, right. Okay, there we go. We got yes. it, guys. <laughs> that that is basically the whole purpose of the podcast. Yeah, but, I was actually wondering. Uh, we, yeah, but yeah, for discuss that, I've got yeah. Where, yeah where, for, <laughs> for, for I I agree with you with the same sentiment, uh, same same sentiments. But we can probably do like uh episode uh second. <laughs> episode on like veganism uh as well and the last question we usually ask all our guests right our the name of our podcast is back to square back to square one which is just a play of back to square one so let's just say if we go back to square one for someone who is thinking about embracing uh, a vegan or plant-based diet where should they start and what resource could you recommend them to look uh for what resource oh man i don't know because i I didn't even use any resources um i would honestly like he's not even vegan but eric helms um did a great podcast with um jackson um and like pretty much eric helms's research is great on protein and everything like that again this is probably more for uh someone who wants to go plant-based and does a lot of resistance training um and so like that podcast pretty much takes all of Eric's research and applies it more in the sense of cool, like how 
how cautious do people who want to be plant-based need to be with this information? Um, is everything, you know, still the same or are there things that they need to change? And honestly, I think that if, if like you're scared of losing your gains, then that would be the one thing you could watch and be like, cool, like I, I have a, a good direction of where to go. Um, now, without the re resource there, I would say if you're thinking about going plant-based, start with yourself. Um, make sure you're doing it because it's something you want to do, not because some documentary that's literally made for the sole purpose of getting you to do something is, you know, is, is that. Um, make sure it, it's something you want to do because yeah, that, that's where lifelong change happens. If you're doing something because of some external motivator, chances are you're not going to stick with it. Um, unless you find your own why along the way. Um, but if you start with your why, I can guarantee mm. that any choice you make um, will resonate deep within you and you're going to feel a lot better about, about what you're doing. Yep, yep. And as someone who is like uh, kind of like a pseudo, a person who is like pseudo philosopher who just like philosophy, I would recommend people check out uh, Animal Liberation by Peter Singer. So that's a, a pretty good book if you're kind of like on the edge or just want to know reasons why or ethical reasons why uh, people should actually care for animals. So yeah, I guess we can wrap up our episode here. Uh, thank you very much, Chris, for joining us. I think it has been really insightful. I know that uh, we didn't go into the nitty gritty of like, oh, which how much minerals you should take, how much amino acid you should take. But I, I believe that with this episode, the whole purpose is to kind of uh, speak to people out there who are on the edge of maybe uh, trying to adopt a plant-based diet or have actually thought about it. At the end of the day, I hope that your experience and your sharing can provide our listeners with some insight into what it really is like uh, to be a bodybuilder and also to be a, a, a successful one, <laughs> right? And be jacked and still kind of like fly against the regular convention that you need to eat animal-based product to be successful oh, in that area. So yeah, yeah thank, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you so much us. for having me. Thank you very much. And I guess before we end the recording, any oh, shout outs any shout as every podcast does. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just share just like, like where, where we can find where, where can we, um, yeah, where find, where we can you find you on Instagram at shredded.tofu. Um and that that's honestly all I really do. I'm just I'm just an Instagram person. Um Yeah. Well, that's about it. Very glad. <laughs> <laughs> well that's cool alright Chris well thanks for jumping on the show again guys if you do like this podcast if you like this episode give us a I don't know like thumbs up subscribe on whatever platform that you're watching or if it's on YouTube go for it um, but yeah till next time guys stay safe